Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. Mr. Breedwell, my co-host, Maddie A, coming to you guys for another Wealth Building Wednesday We've got some updates, politics, world news, some big decisions coming on Wednesday that will mm -hmm. impact rates. We got inflation news coming out on Tuesday. We got some headlines in the inflation world, 6.8% inflation, highest in 38 years. We'll mm -hmm. be talking a little bit more about that, how that impacts your investments, the financial markets, crypto Bitcoin having a little bit of a struggle over the last couple of weeks. Yep. We've got some metaverse news, NFT news, real estate news. What news, it do, news. what it don't do, what should it do? Mr. Breedwell, how we doing, man? Well, you know, doing wonderful. A couple more weeks left in the year. I got a busy week of holiday parties and celebrations. I was going to say, you got a busy week of fun coming up. We got some. We got some good times. We got some white elephant party coming up. White elephant got a my a favorite business dinner in all Zealand. I don't know what I'm doing on Sunday, but oh, I'm going to the Niners game on Sunday. Oh, dude, you got a you got a nice little agenda set up for this week. It's going to be a busy one. It's going to be a busy one. It's going to be a good one. Hopefully, all of you are having a great holiday season. You know, for me, it's funny. I always like. I get so fired. I love the holidays personally I for like too. the first three weeks. And then when Christmas hits, I'm like, all right, we got shit to do. Let's go. Oh, I want to hit the ground running. I'm ready for the new year to roll around. We got goals that are being set. And, um, you know, this is a good time of year to be, you know, kind of 
recalibrating your investment plan, correct? Yeah. I mean, and that's why I get so dang busy at the end of the year. Um, so many people start thinking about their money because it's the end of the year and then taxes are coming up. So people are doing their taxes, maybe like I did my taxes. I think we've talked about it a couple of times, like things to do towards the end of the year. And like, I always do my taxes in, you know, November-ish time. So I know what I, I owe for next year or approximately what I owe is obviously an approximation. Yep. Um, but that's important, man. Cause I think when you really start playing the financial game at a high level, a big component, if you want to be playing proactively versus reactively is understanding what are your actual tax liabilities and ramifications going to look like. So that way you can better determine what chess moves you should be making with your investments or where you spend money or where you keep money or right. Like I'm right now, I'm doing a cost segregation on one of my commercial buildings. Um, and for those that don't know what a cost segregation is, essentially it allows you to accelerate your depreciation schedule on an asset and front load 80% of that in year one, if you want to moving forward. So for example, one of the commercial buildings that I have you know, the cost seg was like $180,000 in taxes that I could front load in the first year of doing this cost segregation. Mm -hmm. And if I want to use a hundred thousand and leave the other 79 for year two or split it up over year two and year three, you can do it however you want. But Hey, if you wanted to maybe take some more income or distributions on certain things and create, you know, more available cash on hand, but you don't necessarily want to get hit with a hard tax bill and send that off to good old Joe Biden over mm. there to spend it accordingly in his uh, triple B build bag better plan. That's right. Right. But those are the things, right? Understanding all of that is very, very important because let's say that puts another $40,000 in my pocket and I can give that to you and you can go and make me an X percent, you know, cash on cash return. That, that's a big deal, right? Yes. There's a Delta there and a swing there that is, quite significant. You know, Most when you're talking times, about yeah. the overall timeline of your wealth building journey. 100%. Yeah. Anytime you can pull arbitrage positively on anything, leverage, especially that's one of the ways real estate's so good. Um, that's the name of the game, using leverage properly. That's why uh, wealthy people always are are taking on debt and moving debt in different areas. That's the, that's the skill of the wealthy is to take on loads of risk and be able to mitigate that risk into other opportunities. And that's like capitalism 101. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, to your point. Yes. So we got some news, market updates, crypto, real estate. Um, if you guys have questions, don't forget to shoot those in at 844-447-1555. Of course, you know all about our X-Ray and my deals syndication list. You can get on those anytime you want by texting those words to 844-447-1555. Also, if you're not subscribed to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you enjoy these shows, all we ask is that you leave a review in iTunes. This helps us get these podcasts in front of more and more people. And uh, we continue to grow the show year over year uh, because of you guys, our amazing listeners. So yeah, thanks, guys. with that being said, jobs you know, are starting to recover. Yeah, yeah the the problem is there's like the unemployment rate is going down, but like there's a slight tick up in people filing for new unemployment claims. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have a lot of people that are, it, 
the metric that it makes it seem like is that a lot of people are quitting their jobs. But I don't know if a lot of people are quitting their jobs going into the holidays. I think a lot of people are moving to, you know, to seasonal uh, jobs that are not necessarily tracked. There's a lot of seasonal jobs, obviously, that come up right now. And then um, a lot of people, too, I know this year they talked about kind of the great resignation this year, more than any from a report that I read, people are going into business for themselves. Yeah, exactly. which is I love that. I think entrepreneurship, entrepreneurs in general are the backbone of what makes America so amazing, our creativity, our innovation, you know, and, and if anything, I mean. If you're a small business owner, you're somebody that's an entrepreneur and you've you've tested going out on your own, you know that it's not for the faint of heart. No. But the more and more people that can get over those hurdles, solve those challenges, right? Create solutions, bring value to the marketplace, you know, that is that is an invaluable, priceless skill when it comes to unlocking not only right the the lifestyle that you want, but also unlocking a person. That is yep. capable of going into any kind of battle and knowing that you're betting on yourself to figure it out and you're going to come out, you know, victorious no matter what it takes. And I love that mentality. That mentality in entrepreneurship, I think, applies to so many other gardens and categories of a, of a well-lived life, right, mm-hmm. for kind of being the whole life millionaire. And so hearing that kind of gets me excited. At the same time, I'm like, how many of these whippersnappers are going to come out, you know, whole on the other end and actually see it through. Cause you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. I think most people don't realize when they go into business for themselves is you, you don't get to clock out of five. No, the anymore. Ri- you the got risk is a lot higher because the reward is so much higher. You know, when you win, your wins should be bigger than your wins in, in areas where you work for somebody, not always, but yep. they should be long-term. And that's where you get the benefit of having your own, you know, your own company. And the other thing is, you don't, it isn't that that's like a positive and a negative. You don't get to clock out at five, but eventually you get to clock out at 12 or two. Or well, and I think take a few days off and spend time with your family. That's you put in those excess of hours up front where you're allowed to, you yep. know, getting paid for it. It's sweat equity. Yep. And then you, you reap the sweat equity in the back end by saying, I did all these hours up front, you know, me, for me, the first four or five years of my career is when I got most of my sweat equity in and now I enjoy that. It's the same thing with your wealth. It's the same thing in your relationships and your network and your Rolodex, your book of business. It's the same thing, like in anything, right? It's like, you got to plant the seeds. Mm -hmm. You got to tend to your crop. You know, you just because you planted the seed and made the decision to become a farmer doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to yield, you know, a massive harvest right away. Like, correct. It takes seasons of grinding and attention and love and and just discipline and hard work to to reap those rewards. But anybody that's willing to bet on themselves, you know, I'm I'm always a, a big proponent and supporter of that. And it's funny, you know, 17 of the top 20 states that have had the greatest recoveries in job growth and unemployment um, are all red states. Correct. I, th- I think it was fun, funny that Gavin Newsom got on, it was a Good Morning America, and he was like... Good Morning America, The View. He's, yeah. he's on his little book tour right now. Yeah, and he was like trying to bash. He was like, I don't mean to... I'm not going to say any names, but, you know, Florida. He was talking about DeSantis, <laughs> yeah. you know, always bashing California, saying that they have... He, he said something like, they have the highest death per, per capita. And I'm like... Well, 
at the same time, if you really want to be fair, what's the average age in your state versus the average age in this state? Those are the people that are going to die if they do get it. And that's just how it is. Yeah. So fun. We had some governor battles going back and forth. Um, how did you also see on Saturday the UFC fight? You know I saw that UFC fight. That was sad. What were you disappointed about? I wanted to see, you know, and it was some local. Yeah, Cody Garbrandt is, uh, I feel like his career's on on the way out, he, unfortunately. He's just been like, since last 20, three, 2017, he's, he's, he's had five fights and one win. Yeah. So not to bring this up. Sorry, we just, we like to watch a little UFC, but I was like, man. Yeah. The Pena-Nunez fight was amazing. I always love seeing crazy upsets and just shockers, right? And then the main card between Oliveira and Borea was great. Yeah, it was a good fight. Overall, it was, was a good fight. Sad news coming out of the Midwest tornado touches down and tears through four states. Yeah, man, in Mississippi, Kentucky. Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Over 80-plus people dead. You know what really kind of was disappointing to me on, on that front? And honestly, every main headline. Joe Biden, and really it's not Joe Biden because he's just reading off a cue card, right? Like he, yeah. he's always like, end message. End message. Uh, speech over. Oh, uh, the fact that when we have a natural disaster, you go in and you immediately start politicizing it by saying this is because of climate change and because of the Republicans and even like threw in Donald Trump's name into his speech. And I'm like, dude, like, why are you doing that right now? I mean, literally every single opportunity they get when we're talking about like, this is a time that we just want to call for unity. And the fact that 80 people plus people lost their lives, that communities are ripped through and destroyed. Like, that's not leadership to go and point the finger at somebody else when you got grieving families, grieving communities. And at the end of the day, like you're not trying to sell a policy right now. You're, yep. tr you're trying to unite a country that just experienced a loss. Yep. And, and that's where I feel like this, this administration is missing so much leadership. And mind you, Trump didn't do a whole lot better on this front, right? And I was talking with Marie, my wife, the other day of like, you know, the 10% the, the fringe on the left and the 10% fringe on the right just fuck everything up for the 80% of logical people in the middle yep. that just want good leadership. They yep. want people to be like, we're all like in this together. And so I just, I was, I was disappointed to see that. I was also disappointed to see Nancy Pelosi is saying uh, that she wants to stay back. around as house speaker. Oh I thought man. She was, I thought she was hit. I thought she was hitting out, man. She's 82 know, years I old. Say, how the hell is she even like standing still? I don't know, man. Probably because she has so many scarves. <laughs> so many scarves. She's got a lot of them. Sure, scarf game is fucking strong. It is. It is strong. Trump leads the 2024 Republican primaries no by surprise 58 there. points. Yeah, no surprise there. Um, I know Hillary came out with a uh, big, you know, I think it was more of like a 60 minutes type of interview this this past week where she was crying about her speech. And But one of the things that she said is that if Trump gets elected in 2024, uh, American democracy is dead in this country because mm. it's alive and roaring right now. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was interesting. Jesse Smollett uh, found uh, guilty yes. of a fake and staged hate crime. Yep, 
five out of six felony counts he was found guilty on. Mm. I just thought it was funny, like the tweets, you know, you know, all of these oh. these Republicans oh, went in and yeah. found all of these very poorly yes, aged tweets. I do uh, think that they Joe should, Biden, yeah. Kamala Harris, I think uh what's his name? Um Al Sharpton was like the, get the, the maximum the per, punishment. The, the perpetrator of this hate crime uh, should receive the ultimate <laughs> and maximum penalty. And, you know, so many people are like, yes, yes. he does deserve that. Yes, and, you do. know, there's that's that's unfortunate, right? And it's it's one of the things that I think we we've seen more and more out of what, why I'm disgusted with the left, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you, uh, everybody's heard me say this over and over again. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I've, I just don't like or identify with the leadership on either side, but I'm extremely disgusted with the shit that the left pulls. And like, there is a lot of stuff that has been exposed on the left. I mean, even 100%. CNN with Chris Cuomo and then other people in that organization it never happened under getting the, yeah. ousted for pedophilia and child pornography and just like all kinds of stuff that has been coming out over the course of the last year mind you again you know there's there's stuff that comes out on the right but um i just i it it was it was gratifying not gonna lie to see somebody that's trying to divide a country and hiring people for a hate crime mind you like if you're gonna do that why are you hiring two brothers to come and do do a hate crime like that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at all just in general like how disgusting and shameful that is yeah, I mean, literally. To do what? To make. To cause divisiveness. Yeah. Yeah, it's just then that's, you know, take note. That's exactly what the left wants to do. They want to confuse you. They want to cause mayhem so that they can continue to pull the sheets over the, the people's eyes that they and the th- And the thing about the right is I don't think they're trying to confuse you. They're just very, um, I think, outspoken sometimes in their stances on things. And some people don't align and resonate with that. I'd much rather somebody be transparent, outspoken and me not like what they're saying than have it be a bunch of smoke and mirrors and fake BS and like you're a fraud, you're a farce. Yeah. And I don't even know who you are. People just aren't uh, flexible at all. Yeah. They're not willing to compromise. And I don't agree with a lot of, you know, very deep conservative Republican, you know, values on certain topics, but I can at least respect that they're speaking their shit and they're saying it loud and clear and they're staying on that, you know, track and soapbox forever versus some of the stuff that people aren't being authentic, genuine, and transparent. Like I can't get I would definitely rather go have dinner at some conservative little Christian woman's house and her talk to me about Jesus the whole night (laughs) versus going to some straight, crazy, far left liberal uh, and they're like anarchists by yeah. their pronouns. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, neither of them are right, but man, I can definitely see a lot more light on one side than the other. For sure. Big decisions coming on Wednesday, shifting over to market news. Yeah, we've, we've got, got uh, uh, tomorrow inflation. on Tuesday, inflation news. What do we expect? I, I'm, I'm kind of expecting them to say that they're going to accelerate tapering a little bit faster than they were anticipating and i know the market's not necessarily showing us this morning you know it's down uh today um inflation's bad though i mean we there's no there's no way around that i mean it's I, like it's it, it, to, is, to it isn't the average maybe not to upper middle class and like we can stomach it a little bit better but who it's really screwing is who it's supposed to be helping so hyperinflation is bad inflation isn't bad that but, would be you'd have to argue then that deflation is bad. Right. But it, I'm just saying the average person that's going in, you know, 
if we'll just say, let's just round up 7%. Mm-hmm. Unless you've gotten a 7% increase in your wages this year or your investments are making positive delta above 7%, which we know majority of working Americans and, and you know, blue collar Americans, mm-hmm. that ain't happening to them. So they're the ones who are really getting screwed. Yeah, I just don't think most things haven't gone up by 107%, though. Just like gas has gone up by hundreds of percents or over 100%. Um, there's other things that most things haven't. I mean, it just they, they haven't. It's still very you, affordable to buy most commodities. And I mean, like milk has gone up barely anything. Water is still cheap. Heating your home is still cheap. The necessities are still cheap. So that's that to me is a news headline. I don't agree with it. The data would not support that. It would all it would actually support that the ten year treasury is at I think one four five or below one point four five percent. And pre pandemic we were two point nine. We're nowhere near where our, we were pre pandemic, and everything was fine. We're just you, you have to understand. I don't want to get my ass off the couch and run to work out. But once I start running, it's going to be just freaking fine. It's just we have to we have to get back to where we were pre the pandemic, mm-hmm. and we're not even halfway there, or we're about halfway there. So do not be fooled. Inflation is not bad. When inflation happens, banks make more money. When banks make more money, they distribute that more in dividends to their hold to investors. Other companies make more money. When those companies make more money, they can afford to raise wages. It, it's a it's an ecosystem that has to work itself out. But it's it, it's not perfect, but it definitely is something that is a necessity. So inflation is good, and it's really good for real estate. I mean, really good for hard assets. So I don't think inflation is bad. Inflation is bad for people who are ill-prepared for the basics of any sort of economic condition. And those type of people aren't going to do well in a deflationary market. Those people aren't going to do well in a booming market. Those are the same type of people that when the stock market goes up, they'd say to pull out because it's going to crash. And when the stock market crashes, they have the best option to go and buy. It's an, it's, I just ignore that kind of crap. Um, I will say, though, that it's higher than normal because we have to start getting interest rates back up. And so that's going to be a good positive thing long term. So the tech talk- stocks aren't going to be as great. So let's talk about that because come Wednesday – Mm-hmm. We should have news coming from the Fed yep. in terms of their overall plan around rates, tapering, right? And I know that kind of ties in with the report. What What is there, the difference in reporting on Tuesday around inflation and rent, uh, Wednesday on rates? So uh, PPI and CPI is consumer price index. Um, it just is like consumer price averages, what they're forecasted to be by analysts. Okay. Um, the FOMC Federal Open Market Committee meeting is essentially, hey, before we make the decision, we forecast the decision that we're going to make without kind of telling you so yep. that there's it's not so shocker. Mm-hmm. And my uh, opinion is they're going to click the needle one tick forward more towards a rate hike saying, hey, we're going to probably need to accelerate tapering a little bit quicker than we anticipated since we've already kind of started that. Yep. So we're going to... We're going to start releasing more and more back into the market and buying less and less. Um, I still think they're going to keep their asset purchase program going through 2022, just in a, in a lesser way. And they're going to keep pushing that uh, responsibility of keeping the market healthy back under the consumer, which is where it should be. 
Yeah, I think we'll definitely see, you know, the, the bump in rates curb some demand, but on on the real estate side. But again, I think, you know, if you look at overall, um, demand is still going to stay strong at a level comparative to keeping price values going up yeah. and increasing yeah. because of the lack of inventory from, and, and this is a space. It's just like, literally is like, well, as a mechanism that will happen with anything. Yeah. It's one. Whenever there's a supply that's one on yeah, Exactly. Economics one one Right. But we're, we're seeing some predictions come out about people, um, some big cities potentially seeing uh, the benefits of, you know, this type of market and people now starting to get more comfortable returning to bigger cities the absorption obviously won't be as high because the inventory is still going to remain low. But based on what a Fannie Mae prediction was for 2022, home appreciation, they have it slotted at 7.4% home appreciation, which is that's a lot, pretty dang high. Yeah. National Association of Realtors put out something a little bit more conservative, 2.8% appreciation for existing homes and 4.4% for new homes. So overall, guys, I think... You know, I've I've heard this, I hear it every week, multiple times a week. Many of you who text in or hit me up on Instagram, you guys are, you know, still trying to time the market. I get a lot of questions of people trying to time the market. Yeah. And it's kind of like the way we talked about dollar cost averaging a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like if you're playing the long-term game and you're a real estate investor. Yep. No, doesn't matter. You should not be timing the market. You should yeah. just continue to stick to the fundamentals of what makes a what do you want your money to do for you? We have one person that we know that their job is to time the market. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony is a day trader on currency. Yes. Yep. His job is to time the market. Because if he does not time the market, he loses a shitload of money. Right. He's a day trader though. Mm-hmm. He is in the market for one day. A lot of times for like 10 minutes. Right. So like that is the small sliver of people and persons. My, also, and people that go to auctions, which is there's such a the, small sliver. I know. Of, so, like people like get it's well, and that's not a long term wealth building strategy no, as well, right? No. Like if if we're being honest about that, that's just not a a stable, structured, fundamental long term no, investment to, strategy. It's an it's an income growth strategy correct. for how you can create more income. Correct. You know, but at the end of the day, if like. I'm not in the market to, I don't got time for that shit. Like, I, I just want to, exactly. I want to do my analysis. I want to take overall macroeconomics. I want to compact them down into the microeconomics of what that asset class, what that market, right, or submarket is telling me. But at the end of the day, like, I'm just going to keep buying. And this is what I've said to many of you guys, right? Like, don't overcomplicate it. If you're under 40, even if you're under 50, and you can buy one investment property, for the next 20 years. If you're 50, that's by the time you're 70. And with the way, right, we're seeing, you know, longevity and, and health experts and technology come into play, you're going to most likely live longer than 70. Like what, what is insurance now? What are they kind of baking in as like uh, 120, one, 120. That's insane. Yeah. Right. Like, so let's Black just assume you got another 20 good years in front of you. Don't try and wait until the market dips or the quote unquote bubble bursts, right? Just buy one property that meets your cash on cash. 
your investing goals the property every will single year. <laughs> or should. Right? And, and that cash flow will continue to grow every year. Your pay down will continue to grow every year. Your equity will expand every year. It will probably contract some years. It will probably expand. But at the end of the day, if you buy one property a year and you looked at kind of a uh, a bell curve, right? And there's a peak and there's a valley over the next 10 years. You're going to be buying all You're going to buy all that through thing. that. I've been buying yeah. since 2010. Yeah. Every single year I've bought and, and what, added real estate assets. And what happens is you buy sometimes at the front, then you go towards the end and then uh-huh. it resets. But that's kind of going back to your world, right? Yeah. The, the dollar term cost of dollar averaging. cost averaging is like, yeah, maybe I get out. into the market a little bit higher in one year and I get into the market a little bit lower the next year. But if I'm playing this game for the next 20 years, who cares? Correct. Like, just get in the game. Don't time it. Remove the emotion. Lean into your fundamentals. And also, right, if you have the right people around you to give you that second, third, fourth set of eyes to poke holes in your investing strategy, like, I'm not doing this by myself. I got a lot of really smart people around me that tell me if I'm an idiot or that if I'm thinking, you know, too optimistically or I'm being too aggressive or whatever it may be, right? Same thing. Anytime I ever even think about doing something investing-wise in the financial markets, I'm always leaning into Ryan. Ryan's leaning into his quants and his team and his right resources. And so that's why it's so critical to have the right people around you and the right investment strategy and to just follow and have the discipline of the game plan that you've laid out. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. All the people, you know, something I kind of just tell you, you're, your only enemy is you most of the time. You have to stop worrying about when, 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 in the short speed bump of negativity. I mean, goodness gracious, act like you've been through some adversity once in your life and, and, and power through it. I, the thing that cracks me up is when the market dips by one and a half percent, someone's like, should we go to cash? Should we go to cash right now? 
It's like, we just made a 24% this year. I mean, are we really going to worry about one and a half percent pullback? Holy cow. I mean, what, what are you focused on? So, you know, that's it. Sharpening your mental sword, you know, a lot of this stuff you guys will realize is a six inch game. It's right in between your ears. All you have to do is, like Matt is saying, decide what your plan is, stick to your plan, and commit to it long term. And know that it, you're not going to always win, but you should be winning most of the time. And if you can do that, you have the other, the time you're, lo- you're losing is the time you're learning, and you build on your wins and success from that. I mean, it's a really not that hard. It's just scary because you've never done it. So shifting over a little bit to some crypto, some more of the, I guess, not necessarily fringe, but some of these are not, not your fringe. your mainstream type yeah. of investments. You're more speculative. You're more volatile investments. Yeah, come rocket, all those fun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> those speculative ones. So Bitcoin dips below fifty thousand, uh, down to about what is it, forty seven seven right now, nearly forty eight fifty somewhere, and they're just kind of contracting around that. And the whole crypto space is is pulling back. Um, you know, this this goes back to what I've said a few times. Nobody really knows. You know, there's a lot of people that are labeled as experts and all this stuff. There's no experts. There's not one expert in the space. There's not one professional in the space because honest to God, nobody knows. And there will not be until there's regulation because there's no framework to work within to become an expert. To become an expert, there has to be rules and regulations. That's why there's professional baseball and t-ball. Um, the professionals are experts at doing what they do within the, the constraints and framework of the game. That is how it works. Until there's framework to know who's actually doing whatever they're doing good, nobody's an expert. So, I, you know, it's all, it's a, that's where speculation comes in. And there's lots of speculative investments. And it's a boom-bust speculative investment. It's almost like gold, except it's way more volatile. And you have to buy it on the low end and hope to frigging God it goes up. And you're smart enough to, to get out on the high end. There's no charting. I don't give a fuck. Who puts a bar chart on that damn thing? It means absolutely nothing. I don't care if they say, look at the, M- look at the Mac on it. Look, it's lining up with these Bollinger Band. Those are all done by economists on stocks that have fundamentals. There's no fundamentals in crypto. So crypto is a very, very, very interesting space. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I own cryptocurrencies. I don't own any Bitcoin. Um, I don't like Bitcoin. I don't think Bitcoin is a, is a viable investment long-term. Um, and all the people that like crypto, y'all are a bunch of weakies anyway, because all you guys do is blow up my inbox when the market's going up and you guys fall off the face of the earth once the market goes down because <laughs> you're a bunch of pusses. But anyway, it's not going to be what people think it's going to be. If you really think that a government, any that is run by anybody who knows what the hell they're doing, I'm not talking about, was it Argentina or whatever, that is in like 29-year-old running the country. Like, are you kidding me? Um, any developed country... They would never, ever, ever replace their currency with a currency which we still don't even know who the hell made it. What, what happens if there's a recession? What do we do? Do we, do we mint more Bitcoin? Do we go to the community and do we ask Satoshi? Do we burn a sheep down at the altar? I mean, what do you do? There's just no, like, it literally, if you can just take a deep breath with me, my crypto crackheads, and look past your nose, you just have to ask these questions. What do I get a home loan on? What's my interest rate? What happens when I go to make a down payment and Bitcoin's at 60 and then now it's down to 43? Do I have to come out of pocket? Is there a spread coverage from my lender? 
you guys have no idea what you're talking about. And that's what really pisses me off is because it's a bunch of idiots sitting behind their keyboard in their mom's basement talking about I own 0.00007 Bitcoin and I'm going to freaking ride rails on everybody who, who disagrees with me because I've never won in my whole entire life. And here's something that everybody else is behind me on. That's what I think about you guys. If you're curious when my deep, dark thoughts. Um, all the while, I'm reaping thousands of dollars a day out of the market in regular stocks, in regular investments. And all you have to do, just go look what rich people do. Rich people don't own a lot of crypto. They do own it, like 1% of their portfolio, 15, 16, 20 grand on a $30 million portfolio. You have to ask yourself, why? They're not not in the space. They're just in the space in a, in a, in a way that makes sense. Just like I'm in the space. I have less than one-tenth of well, 1% of my assets. There's anyway. upside potential, right? Of it's it's a small is. hedge on anything catastrophic happening. But at the end of the day, right? Like you and can't I, make an argument. No, one week, you know, I see Bitcoin is an inflation hedge. Now this week, why Bitcoin is the imperfect inflation hedge? It's, it's, a bunch of, it's a bunch of idiots acting like they know what they're talking about. And you know what, guys? You're going to get what you get. Just like anybody who's buying NFTs and stuff like that. Those are stupid. That'll be interesting. That you will spend where- ten million dollars on a on a on a pixelated JPEG. Yeah, I mean well, that's what it is. I think this that guy that downloaded all of the NFTs that ever existed. And one of the largest NFT him. sales ever. Yesterday, this ape crypto punk sold for twenty five hundred Ethereum, just over ten point two five million, yeah. short of the highest sale of eleven point seven million, which occurred at Sotheby's back in June. Apes are one of the rarest crypto punks with only 24 of them existing out of the collection's 10,000 characters. It's it makes no sense. It like I I it I makes am sense off. to me if it, if you couldn't but bro but, you could but, literally but just not, screenshot that but and, not this kind of money. Yeah, you could screenshot that and then you have a picture what, of it. Which that's the argument, right? But it, you could screenshot a picture of the Mona Lisa and blow it up on a canvas and hang it, hang it in your your office if you wanted to. It doesn't mean you have the original one. Correct, but 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 just so you know. Just like art collectors, thousands of people put prints oh, and that's all they for care sure. about. They would right. rather have a copy. So that's why it's it's such a small, unique just like people like art so stupid art the art industry the art you remember back when we were kids baseball cards spiked here's what i'll tell you and we saw baseball cards crash out and what's spiking again with nfts trading cards yeah we've already seen this guys i know that maybe some of you are too young to remember this man i remember when baseball like trading card shops were a thing to go to when i was in middle school and elementary for pokemon and magic Mm -hmm. and and some of the magic decks would sell for 10 15 $20,000 $20,000 for a deck of cards. But at least I physically had the card and I, I could possess it. There's really, I know that you can possess a, a digitized code Min- a minted blockchain. on blockchain. I'm yep. not arguing that, but is it, is it really is, worth is that? It, yeah, that's my, that's my thing of like, I get what, why. What value is derived from but it? A, but it's the same thing as like Supreme, like I could go make a Supreme T-shirt yes, for twenty dollars, and people are paying twenty five hundred bucks for a T-shirt. And that's why the counterfeit market exists because people will ultimately always pay for the counterfeit. And you have remember I, I said that people. I, I agree with that. I I'm not that. I'm not disagreeing with that, but people will also pay 
at the same time, a small fraction, a hundred X what the counterfeit market will pay. And, One and person will. It's the and same then what happens? Like, why are there art galleries in New York City that have five hundred million dollars worth of artwork when you could go down the street, you know, to you know Soho in Brooklyn and see a dope, you know, cool because art the gallery ori- that's you know because the original fifty thousand dollars. It all comes down to one simple thing. It's because the original is so hard to copy, and that's not. You can't argue that. How yeah. would you? They have like literally, dude. It happens in wine. But it's, I'm a big wine. It's still unique, one of a kind type of stuff, right? That people will always put that weight on it. It's, I don't disagree with you. I'm the same way. I'm like, digital. I could screenshot this shit. Like yeah, to me, yeah. I'd rather screenshot it than made $10.7 yeah. million. There's a but difference. There's for me a reason why a, people are doing it too. Yeah. But there's a difference for me walking and taking a picture of the Mona Lisa versus there's not even ever, there's no physical copy of that that exists. It right. doesn't exist physically. So the only way to view it is digitally. So what if I just take a digital copy of it? Then, you could. then what do I, who is there? Uh, but you wouldn't be able say, to tout me, that you have the original. How do I how do I know that? Because there's thousands of people with a Gucci belt that are fake and nobody knows. And do you know how many Gucci stores exist and for how long they have? I, I I'm not and it's here's not, the thing. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm just I'm making the argument for why there is a market for it and why there always will be and why it's gonna continue. Like I it's, just think it's stupid. I do too, but I don't disagree with the fact that there is merit behind it as well. And so it's like I'm not going to go and pay $20 million for a crazy piece of art, but I know somebody will. There are art collectors around the world who will go and pay that. And there will always be that fringe, unique, I just think it's high-end gonna, market for certain things. I think it's going to eventually come to a point where people are just going to learn how to copy them. And then it's just going to be, how do you enforce it? That's that's what my gut says, right? Is like, yeah. you know, five years from now, kind of like you brought up the, the poppy craze, right? It's yeah. like people are going to look back and go, damn, I paid $10 million for this thing. And then somebody, there's 50 other copies out there and I have no way of policing it. And I don't know, like it's got to devalue. And at some point, you know, have an impact on the industry, the space, and unless they can really bulletproof it. But same thing, there's other, like, this is the stuff that I like to be more open-minded about because it's happening. It's going to continue to happen. And even though it makes no sense to me, it makes sense to a lot of other people. And it's the same thing like the internet, right? Like the internet didn't make, there were a lot of people hating on the internet back in yeah, but late it, 90s. But it provides value. It does. I, I'm just saying though, right? And like I you could have seen how context. that provided value. Like I, can't, I, I just but can't Same thing as the metaverse value. though. It doesn't provide any value. The metaverse is the same thing though, where like, it here's a good headline for you. Value. Metaverse real estate market, but that's all in the eye of the beholder. I, well, exactly, but then, but and we got a lot of young people like, that are going to be looking at you just, going, "You're just, an, oh, you're just old yeah. and outdated, bro. We're cool. 16, 15, 14. Put and your fucking goggles on and look at your house, and I'll go sit in mine. But that's, but that's, <laughs> that's just the that's. I, but I that, that's, that's where I know that's where I think it comes back to though of what people give value to. Just because you don't give value to it doesn't mean that it's not valuable. But do you realize Because there's stuff you give value to that I don't like. I know. And I don't give any value to. But ultimately, that that person is making up that they have a house. I'm just going to go really have a house. But that may not matter to them. They may want to have they a just, cooler fucking house in the metaverse with just, all kinds of crazy, expensive, wealthy shit in there. And that's it's where they give real. all the value. I know. It's not real. That's I, I'm not disagreeing with that. So to me, but I'm, I'm saying just it like, doesn't mean that it's not a good investment or a good opportunity 
to capture something that is valuable to other people, even though the, you don't give value to it. I will put those people in the same box as flat earthers. They may exist <laughs> and they are always going to be here, but I know damn well I don't agree with them. I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't agree with you on the metaverse piece. I can totally see how the metaverse is gonna open up new industries, new investments, new opportunity to make good money. Like it's I could see far down that rabbit hole. NFTs, that's a little bit of a dip. And I could still see that too, to be honest. I can see the metaverse becoming a lot more valuable and holding a significant I'm not saying that it won't. I just don't. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Becoming I, Snoop Dogg's virtual never, neighbor yeah. has costed a collective $1.23 million. The metaverse real estate market heated up this past week, two weeks Users are spending money left and right trying to position their digital parcels during the gold rush, with the latest example being a collect of $1.23 million being paid out by Snoop's virtual neighbors. Uh, plots of land, one was worth $450,000, and the other one sold, you know, I think it was like six or seven hundred, something like that. But crazy to think that people are spending this kind of, and again, Stupid. I don't, I'd much rather put my money in a real estate asset. I'd much rather give my money to you and yeah, go and no, do. There's like, there's literally. There will always be no those. tax benefit. There's no, no. appreciation. Mm -mm. It's just it's crazy. so stupid. So but I, I like it. I like, I like ugh. seeing people. Stupid. Take and pioneer new things. Like there's a lot of people who said a lot of shit was stupid that turned into be really valid and legitimate things. Mm. I am going to say that that is pretty fucking stupid to me. <laughs> Spending your money on nothing. I'll never, you've, until somebody can prove to me that that's not nothing, it's pretty fucking stupid. What do you guys think? Let us know. 844-447-1555. With that being said, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We appreciate each and every one of you who take the time to go and leave us a review. If you have any guests, economists, crypto, I won't even say experts, crypto aficionados, <laughs> we've got... Um, you know, some slots that we would love to get individuals on the show to have a call and interview with Ryan and I. So if you got any thoughts, questions, people you want us to reach out to or connections you want to make, 844-447-1555. With that being said, guys, hope you're having a great holiday. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. See you guys. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that X-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, 
Be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a Million and Beyond. Cheers, my friends.